Uh, we'll talk to uh, Lawrence Murray in a minute about the Clippers. It's interesting, too, when you look at, you know, you, the Western Conference made all, like, the, we knew that when we had Keith Smith on a couple weeks ago, I think before the, when I guess it was a couple weeks before the deadline. Yeah. One of the things that he said was that, you know, teams, especially in the West, looked at it as wide open. So they have an opportunity. So we could see a very, very aggressive trade deadline. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what we got. Now, we didn't see the Clippers necessarily go out there and make a big trade, but they do pick up Russell Westbrook off of, you know, essentially he's going to be a free agent once he's officially bought out and done with the Jazz. And that adds another dynamic to a position that they certainly needed help with. Lawrence Murray uh, covers the Clippers for the Athletic, and he joins us now. And I think that's that's kind of where we have to start, man. Like, what, what type of impact do you think Russell Westbrook will have on this Clippers team? And is he is he going to still be coming off the bench? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I literally just got home in Los Angeles. I was in Salt Lake City for the All-Star break. So, uh, as you can imagine, wake up Monday morning, and it's like, all right, this Russell Westbrook acquisition is actually happening for the Clippers. And I think the most interesting thing that happened this month, the Milwaukee Bucks visited the Clippers, and Paul George, he plays without Kawhi Leonard. It was the end of a stretch where the Clippers had – 16 games in 29 days. No back-to-back days off. And the Bucks, elite defense, they kind of locked Paul George up. I think Paul had more field goal attempts than points and no free throw attempts at all. And after the game, Paul calmly but directly reaches out for Russell Westbrook, right? I think that is the impact that Russ will have. He has played with Paul, and he's a ball handler. And that's really what the Clippers could use him for, a guy who can take possessions as far as the playmaking away from Paul, away from Kawhi, two guys who are outstanding at creating shots for themselves and others and being the best defenders and rebounders on the team, but have seen their production wane in fourth quarters. If you have a player in Russ, as inefficient as Russell Westbrook can be, doing a little bit more of the ball handling stuff in the first three quarters of games. And if that allows Paul, George, and Kawhi Leonard to be at their best in closing time when necessary, I think that is going to be the best benefit that the Clippers can get from adding a player like Russell Westbrook to the roster. Do you worry about maybe any chemistry issues just because of how they've been playing? They've won 10 of 14 games, and you do have a guy like Terrence Mann, you have Norm Powell, and then you have some new pieces. Do you worry a little bit about the rotations now or not at all? I think that is a legitimate question, but I also believe that this is a good team, a team with solid leadership as far as the two stars are concerned, and a head coach in Toronto, Lou, who he does a good job of communicating the guys. Terrence Mann is a player I've seen for four seasons, including this one, exceed expectations that his coaches lay out for him and three of those years being with Teron Liu. If he doesn't start, he's still going to play, and he's still going to play in a way where T. Liu knows he has to play him. So I don't worry as much about Terrence. Like, Terrence is an incredibly mature, focused uh, young player in this league and he's going to be okay whether he starts or not. Players like Eric Gordon, Eric Gordon's a 15-year bet. Yeah. Eric Gordon, who had a start for a Wobegon Houston Rockets team, is kind of playing a smaller role. Guess what? Eric played with Russell Westbrook. He knows what it is. I think 
preserving Eric and having him ready to go when he's needed, I think Eric will be ready for that. And then there are other players who, again, this is a locker room that they were talking about Russell Westbrook before a trade went down, before a situation arise where it was clear that they had an open roster spot and two point guards who were no longer there, Reggie Jackson and John Wall. They saw what was going on across the hall. So I think that the chemistry, it's a legitimate question because we don't know how it's going to play out exactly. But I feel like the Clippers are a better situation for Russ and he's not going to create a situation where he's going to be the reason why this pretty good locker room has issues, especially post-trade deadline. Yeah, and now post-trade deadline, obviously a completely reshaped Western Conference with the Suns and Mavs making big moves, getting Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. Where does this Clippers team stack up in your eyes compared to the rest of the West? Well, we're going to find out real soon because coming out of the All-Star break, the Clippers, I believe, had six straight games against Western Conference teams that are a little above them or a little below them. And it starts with the Kings and a visit to Denver, their last visit to Denver uh, this weekend, Friday night at home and then Sunday at Colorado. So the Clippers are a good team, but they have not shown that they're a great team yet. Uh, They had a really nice stretch winning 10 out of their last 14 games to enter this break. And the last two of those games, again, post-trade deadline, they beat a Warriors team that that was a logistical advantage. They better beat the Warriors. And then they go to Phoenix, Kevin Durant not playing, but a good road win on national TV to end the break on a good note. So they've shown flashes of a really powerful offense where they can get the stops necessary to get by. They've also been playing well while opponents have been shooting in the mid-40% from three that's that's incredible. That's not sustainable for Clippers opponents, obviously. But they have to show that they can beat the better teams. They haven't even played Memphis yet. And last year, Memphis swept them. Denver is 3-0, and so if the Clippers can't win Sunday, then that's going to be a 4-0 sweep this year against the top team in the West. Deep. The Suns, that, that was a big win uh, because the Suns can possibly win the season series on the last day of the regular season. The Dallas Mavericks they tied the Clippers season series with uh, a win right off of the Clippers' longest road trip of the year, getting Kyrie Irving in the fold. So I think the Clippers, they're right in the middle right now. They can win a playoff series. Can they win two? I think they'd be hard-pressed to do so right now uh, unless they can show they can beat some of these better teams consistently. Do you think, and you know, like I really like the Sacramento Kings. I think they're a fun team, but I think that would be a great matchup for the Clippers if they were able to meet them in the first round. Just I don't think the Kings match up very well with the Clippers. Do you think that there's any chance maybe, I mean, Kawhi Leonard, it's been, I believe, 22 months since he's played the second game of a back-to-back. Do you think maybe we see some things like that the second half of the season, or do you think it's going to be all about rest and maybe trying to get the perfect playoff matchup for this team? We're going to find out real soon because the first couple days of March – well, not exactly the first couple, but March 2nd and 3rd, that is not only a back-to-back, but it is a critical one because they go to Golden State, and then the second game that back-to-back is at Sacramento. And because the season series is already split between the Kings and the Clippers, I've already said the Kings will visit L.A. Friday night. You're going to that's, – that's going to be a big game no matter who wins Friday. Yeah. You know, either the Clippers are going to be trying to tie that season series or they're going to be trying to win this season series. And you just never know, like, that can be a home court advantage in semifinals. So I, I really think we're going to find out real soon if 
with the Clippers not having – they had the fewest games of any team in the NBA after the All-Star break. There's plenty of spots to rest outside of the back-to-backs. I think that we're going to learn a lot about what the Clippers' priorities are for Kawhi. And don't overreact if he winds up sitting still. There's a medical plan in place, and we saw in Toronto, his lone year in Toronto, he didn't play a single game on back-to-back. The difference between that Raptors team and this Clippers team is they don't have as many wins banked. So I think that's the key date to, to learn anything about March 2nd and 3rd when they go upstate, Golden State, and Sacramento. If Kawhi plays both of those games, then the Clippers are serious about getting the best team possible on the floor for every one of these games for the remainder of the season. You know, if they have a healthy roster, I bet the Clippers will win the championship. I was high on this team coming into the season. Really, the last couple seasons hasn't really worked out for me. But if they fail, like let's say it's a second-round exit or a first-round playoff exit, is this almost like a championship or at least NBA final season or bust? Like, could you see maybe them blowing up this roster if they fail again in the playoffs this year? Or do you think they'd run it back another year? I, they should run it back another year. This is a recovery year. Yeah. Last year was a very challenging year. And I thought that for the most part, they came out of it well because they didn't have Kawhi the entire year. And Paul George missed three months with an injury that was season threatening. He had a torn ligament in his elbow, considered surgery. He didn't get surgery. And even when he came back, they lost the first play in game. And then he was placed in health and safety protocols ahead of the game that wound up eliminating them. Last year was a very difficult year for the Clippers, but a positive year as far as maintaining a culture and having guys ready to go this year. Now, the difficult thing is because so many guys that they relied on to score and make plays for others, guys that Toronto Lou would call the Cooks, right, they had to adjust. They had to learn that Norman Powell and Luke Kennard weren't exactly compatible in the same unit. Paul George played well, but wound up missing 14 out of 28 games in the middle of the year. Kawhi Leonard comes back and his knee flares up, and then he sprains an ankle shortly after his return. So he winds up missing 19 of the first 24 games. John Wall, they were trying to basically rehab Project John Wall into a contributor, and it just didn't work out. That's a lot of catching up to do. That's one reason why the Clippers are only five games over 500 now and have only one five-game winning streak the entire season. This team is really close to just being average. They're above average, and they can be better in the second half of the year. But there's so much catching up for this team that they've already done. And to be honest with you, now you got four new guys on your roster, including Bowen Tyler and Mason Plumley. You know, you're going to have even more catch up. And so this postseason should be an indicator of how close the Clippers are to winning a championship. I don't think it should be considered championship or bust. They're going to have that mentality. They're going to say that. But I think next year is championship or bust, whereas this year you're looking to go into this offseason and understand, given one big last shot your last year after the arena in downtown L.A., what do you need to do to ensure that there's no stone left unturned then? Talking to Lawrence Murray, covers the Clippers for The Athletic. Only got about a minute here, but I do want to get this in with you. Uh, Steve Ballmer has been very vocal about wanting to do what he can to take over L.A. from the Lakers, which, it, look, it's just not going to happen anytime soon, but they're as vulnerable of an organization as they've ever been. Uh, did, did the Russell Westbrook move maybe even just slightly think in his mind, just want to do it to stick it to the Lakers just a little bit? I'm sure. 
I'm sure Steve Ballmer is about that life. So <laughs> I'm sure that's crossed his mind. And I'm sure Russell Westbrook losing to the Clippers every single time he was a Laker versus the Clippers, I'm sure they can talk about that too. But ultimately, we all know the deal. It's about winning a championship. That's the only thing that really is going to matter in the rivalry. The Lakers, they've only had one good season in the last 10 years, so I'm not going to sit here and say that. Uh, you know, I mean, everyone's going to be a Lakers fan until the grave. So we're not, we're not going to really talk about that part of it, but I'm absolutely sure that getting Russell Westbrook to come here and having success with him, that's definitely going to be something that you remember in whatever Lakers-Clippers rivalry you want to acknowledge. Yeah, just adds to more intrigue for the rest of the NBA season without question. I will take it. Lawrence Murray covers the Clippers for the Athletic. Great stuff, man. Appreciate you coming on with us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Y'all have a good night.